Hood's Goods. Yeah. You know what time it is. It's where we, your neighbor's hood, choose to intentionally support an independent business as an act of respect. We acknowledge the tremendous amount of risk and challenges inherent to starting one's own business, but recognize that for minority people, specifically African-Americans, those challenges can be even higher. So we invite you to join us in celebrating this month's Hood's Goods. Yeah, so we're here with Lavinia Hankins. You like to go by love? I do go by love, yeah. With, with everybody, with your public as well, not just. With my public. And you are the owner and creator of Culture Vegan Joint. Yes, formerly Culture Coffee and Tea Bar. And we are so excited to have you here because you have just done a grand opening of your new location. So I was hoping you could tell us your origin story. Definitely, yeah. So. When I was 18, I had the vision of owning a Neo Soul joint, which I was always into just soulful music. I grew up with jazz music. I grew up with Sade's and I grew up with, you know, with just a lot of the old soul music that I was into. It's like, I want to open a Neo Soul cafe, you know, where the artist is in the background and you got spoken word and you got speakeasy vibes. And that was the first thought at 18. And then I started to travel and it kind of morphed into coffee shops. You know, I've been drinking coffee since I was 10 and it just kind of morphed into visiting local coffee shops across the country and then into Cuba and Puerto Rico. And, and I'm like, yo, I got to get into coffee. Third wave coffee joints. They have so much culture. I said, I want to do that. At the time I owned a catering company and I was ready to get out of the late nights of food and it wasn't really working out for me. So I talked to a friend who owned a commercial kitchen and she was like, so what are you gonna do next? And I'm like, I think I wanna get into coffee. Next thing you know, I have an apprenticeship with the guy for about a year. He teaches me coffee, he teaches me the business. And at the time I was at ODU, I was just about to graduate and I met the owner of Utopia Finney, Raisa Islam. And um, I started doing coffee meetups at her space and it morphed into her asking me if I, what I was going to do. And I was like, I'm going to open a coffee shop. And I I had the plan down. I didn't have the money. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but it was going to happen. She's like, well, I have this studio that I've been wanting to rent out and I've imagined a cafe there. So what do you think? And she showed it to me and that was all she wrote for the first spot. And so we incubated there for about two years. And then right when the pandemic hit, I took a break. I said, you know what? I think it's time to recalibrate. It's time to figure out what our next growth opportunity is going to be. And we ran into someone else. I was like, what are you doing with your donut shop? And then she said, I don't know what to do with that place. I said, I'll take it off your hands. (laughs) and that's all she wrote that's all she wrote (laughs) what stuck with me is she says i've been drinking coffee since i was 10 (laughs) so and you're so mellow yeah you're so chill for a coffee drinker so i guess it's okay I get into my crackhead mode every now and then. (laughs) I remember my dad used to give us taste of beer and, you know, a little alcohol, a little wine here and there when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And I grew up 
eventually not liking really drinking alcohol, really drinking beer or anything like that, but I have an appreciation for it. And I feel that way with coffee. So if you were to put your vibe into a playlist, what would be your top three songs of the vibe of your shop? All right. <laughs> Definitely Erica Badu. Mm-hmm. Sade. Mm-hmm. And ooh, this last one's a little tough. It's probably no lyrics. It's probably like lo-fi. Ooh. Yeah. I love some lo-fi. Fun fact, my husband, before he was my husband, when I was hunting him, only played Erica Badu in his car. And I think it was like a big part of why I, I was falling for him. <laughs> it was just kind of unexpected if you ever meet my husband. <laughs> I'm over here tripping like, what? <laughs> so culture, you know, first of all, when you read our name, your brain automatically puts the vowels in there for you, which is nice. So I felt comfortable taking the vowels out and being like, let's mix this up a little bit. Let's make it a little bit more modern culture. So our version of culture now, culture is about the individual because each of us brings a certain experience in our interactions with others. We bring our own traditions, we bring our own rituals, we bring our own tastes, and we bring our own flavor to these interactions with people, our own perspectives, our own twist on on culture that exists, you know? That's the vibe we want to create, that's the environment we want to create, is that each individual shines because they bring their own version of themselves. And that's really that's really what it's all about is... What are you sharing about yourself? How can we make you exotic amongst the crowd? And each person in that crowd is exotic. And that's I love that. Idea. And as you said, flavor, we've gotten, I don't know how many minutes in, and we haven't even mentioned the waffles. <laughs> and the waffles are so good. The waffles feel like you're hugging me. <laughs> Dang, those are some good waffles. <laughs> what you put in them things, girl? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> lots of love. That's but, right. Um, our waffles, actually, it was a pancake recipe that I had trialed and errored for like a year. I could not get a vegan pancake down. And I love pancakes, you know. One day at the shop, I was like, I got to have a token item, man. So got a waffle iron and I put that pancake batter in that waffle iron and ta-da, it turned into just like this amazing waffle that I was like, the world needs this. (laughs) (laughs) Then I, I started to get bored with just the plain waffle and some fruit or whatever. So we started mixing it up and then we started encouraging customers to mix it up. Like, hey, what do you want on this waffle? We had created this basil sauce that people started requesting and the waffles just morphed into our key item and people love them. You know, we have to have a date there. I know. So often people say, um, you know, just feeling your energy, they say that creative children have to survive childhood um, so that they can thrive in in adulthood because it, it, it hopefully gets easier. So what kept you creative? 
Yeah. There's a person. <laughs> um, my dad. My dad, you know, I consider myself to have grown up in kind of a chaotic household. There were three kids, both parents. I had other siblings, you know, older siblings. So my mom had two generations of kids and I was a part of the younger one. So we had a pretty big family. And somehow the person who was always the most calm and level-headed and the most creative and, you know, kind of always in his zone was my dad. And um, he was a, he loved to fish. He loved to do woodwork. He loved to cook. My dad loved to cook. He worked in Italian restaurants throughout his youth. And he's always just been in the kitchen throughout my childhood. And so uh, I started to get into it. And then my dad started calling home before work and saying, hey, can you have Vini make that spaghetti she made last week? You know, he started <laughs> requesting me. And so I'm like, okay, I got you. you know, I'll go ahead and cook dinner tonight. And so my dad really kind of inspired that and I admire him because not only was he was he representative of that creative side and he really promoted it in me, but he was also very altruistic and he really exuded just unconditional love into the world and to people. And he used to make, I used to call it Jesus wine, but my dad used to make wine at home. And I don't know how legal it was, but he would make wine at home. And I would just sit there and watch the process, you know, and I'd be like, Dad, what are you doing? Like, you ain't here. You about to get these folks drunk. I think that's been fermenting a little too long, you know. But he just loved it so much. And I saw him put work into it. And then he would bottle this wine up and give it away for free. Look at your face, like, for free? <laughs> yeah. But he used to say to me, hey, you know, you should help me try to get this in the stores. And I'd be like, yeah, dad, like, let's do this, you know? Yeah, like my dad just always had that in him. I didn't have that easy of an upbringing. When you mentioned creators have to go through some things in childhood, I was bullied throughout middle school and then some of high school until my parents moved us to Seattle. Um, elementary school, I, I had some some moments of bullying. We were considered the like the outcast family. I lived in an environment where most of the kids didn't have two parents in the home. And I had two parents in the home and, you know, we, we talked different. We had to lean on each other for support, but also try to fit into that world. Mm -hmm. We were also a little nomadic. So we were always having to make changes. And so I'm used to change. I like change. That is, well, I'm grateful that you survived. What are you hoping to pass on? Man, like altruism. I think we have so many conditions. We have to continue to insert those environmental nutrients into our spaces where we're interacting with the outside world or our kids. We have to continue to mold the environment. And I won't say that I've always been the best at that, but I could say that my spiritual evolution has brought me to the point where the legacy that I want to create is the one that I thought was before. And that was 
just being as generous and just being loving and just spreading love and spreading harmony and spreading good vibes and, you know, trying to take care of, trying to take care of my environment and myself, having that balance that I think leaving the legacy that I want to leave is that I was an altruistic person, that I didn't have conditions on my love for you, whether I knew you or not, you received love for me. I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> hard eyes. This big old hard eyes over here. <laughs> I wrote down environmental nutrients. Ooh, you're like the antidote to 2020. It's perfect that you ha- are, you know, coming out of your chrysalis and going into the next phase at this moment in time. It's perfect. I know that's right. Right. And that doesn't go without saying it sounds like you do a very good job at taking care of yourself. Or do you? I think so. Um, it, it Before, I didn't have the balance, but I definitely have it now. Like yesterday after grand opening, I didn't do shit. I stayed at home. <laughs> I was I just got done moving last last Wednesday and I was and everything is just pushed in the house. And I'm like, I ain't doing nothing. but yeah I've done a better job in the past I could say no it wasn't it hasn't always been easy because I went through my Saturn return where 30 years old I finally walked into womanhood and um and that was where I was like I gotta start taking care of myself emotionally physically I have to make sure that the right people are around me just from you saying, hey, I just took a moment and said, I need to stop. You didn't say pivot. You didn't say I need to change and do this. You just said, I need to stop. So do you think that that Saturn return, as you say, it puts you in the place of success? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, I'm speaking my truth. I have more healthy boundaries. I'm grounded in my purpose. I know who I am right now. Awesome. I think the best example I always give of this is the first time I ever felt jealousy. It was physically painful. And after feeling physical pain from that experience, I was like, I got to get rid of this. I can't have this. Right. So after sitting with myself in my insecurities and sitting with myself through, through all the, all my triggers, then the solution started to come very easily because I started to admit to myself that this is what I'm experiencing. This is what I have to go through. Sit in that, let it marinate, and then get sick of it. Fix it. And so then solutions started just coming a lot easier that way. Being a better leader for my employees, coming out of narcissistic tendencies, you know, because you can't be a good leader and be a narcissist. And living in an individualistic country like the United States, most of the time it's every man for himself and coming out of that mentality. But in my roots, in in my veins, there's a, a collectivistic core to me that wants just harmony with all. Yeah. I knew that those that I had to harness leadership skills that brought people together. And it shows in my staff. They're like brothers and sisters. They take care of each other. Um, you are hitting a box that less than 2% of Black-owned businesses do in our area. And that's the fact that you have employees. So I want to say, you know, congratulations on being 
a part of the few, as I think many black businesses aspire to be at a point where they actually have employees, because that's when you start doing things, right? <laughs> that's when you start doing things. Yeah, Get I was your... able to go to Restaurant Depot today. <laughs> I was like, yes! <laughs> well, congratulations. Um, thank you. Well, I'll say one last thing is for black businesses, a lot of us know just working and not necessarily focusing on the scalability of your business and, you know, taking yourself, being able to remove yourself when you need to. Like my, my staff kicked me out of the kitchen on Saturday and said, go enjoy your event. And I bit my nails for a second, like, I don't know. Like, and then, and, and, but I got to trust that they have my best interest at heart. And they did. They rocked it out. I mean, you hired them, boss. Oh, oh no, they hired themselves. They they all hounded me. Every last employee that I have hounded me. Oh wow, that's awesome. Yeah. I don't blame them. I'd want to work with you. <laughs> <laughs> I I love them. You know, yeah. I I love them, and they're loyal. The one thing that I don't really talk about is um, kind of the adversity in in from where I started to where I am now. I I was a kid mom. You know, I had I had my first kid when I was 12. And I could have gone a couple different ways, but I knew that I wasn't failure wasn't an option for me. And if I wasn't if I wasn't going to be wildly successful, I was at least going to be sane. <laughs> And I wasn't going to let any of those adversities take me down. A lot of people don't know that about me, is that I was I was a kid mom. So that's that's probably a huge takeaway. I was about to tear up. I know. Bowing, <laughs> bowing down. Listen, because we put expectations and we put this lens on when we hear those sorts of things. Sorry, I really am getting emotional. Um, we put this lens on when we hear those sorts of things about who you're destined to be because of a, a choice. And and I think it's beautiful that you defied this set standard for you as a young Black mother, because we have to put that lens on that. Just if I'm being honest, because, you know, you don't see on Teen Mom, you don't yep. see a lot of, you don't see a lot of chocolate girls because teen pregnancy isn't glorified in that way in our community. There's always a set standard and to be able to monetize that is so wild to me. <laughs> However, I just want to say, I want to express gratitude for you and that truth because I can understand how you could, like you've probably been judged enough, <laughs> enough from people, but look at, look at, look at the plate that you have designed. So thank you for your tapas of experiences. <laughs> <and> of, <laughs> I mean it. You grateful for you and your energy. You are a spirit. Yeah, thank you so I much, love. Gosh. Well, looks like we gotta get there. Oh yeah. Yes, come yeah, come through. So you're open um, Monday through Friday, 8 to 4, Saturdays till 5, and then you pick a day of rest on Sunday, yeah? And where are you guys located? 
We are at um, in Virginia Beach in Kempsville, 1309 Fordham Drive, Suite 106. Mother Love and Culture, Vegan Joint.